This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, January 9th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week in JAMA Network Open is titled Benzodiazepine Discontinuation and Mortality Among Patients Receiving Long-Term Benzodiazepine Therapy. This comparative effectiveness study found that discontinuation was associated with small absolute increases in mortality and other potential harms, including non-fatal overdose, suicide attempt, and emergency department visits. These results suggest benzodiazepine discontinuation among patients prescribed for stable long-term treatment may be associated with unanticipated harms. Our next study in neuropsychopharmacology is titled A Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis of Neuromodulation Therapies for Substance Use Disorders. In this study, meta-analyses were performed for alcohol and tobacco studies using magnetic stimulation and direct current stimulation. The authors found that RTMS reduced substance use and craving. Results were most encouraging when multiple stimulation sessions were applied and the left dorsolateral prefrontal cortex was targeted. TDCS also produced medium effect sizes for drug use and craving, though they were highly variable and less robust than RTMS. Deep brain stimulation studies were typically small, uncontrolled studies, but showed promise in reducing misuse of multiple substances. Next, we have a study in translational psychiatry titled Preliminary Evidence that Ketamine Alters Anterior Cingulate Resting State Function Connectivity in Depressed Individuals. This study used functional MRI to measure the effect of ketamine on activity in three subregions of the ACC in patients with treatment-resistant depression and healthy volunteers. Changes in the perigenual ACC region correlated with improvements in depression, whereas changes in another ACC region, subgenual ACC, correlated with improvements in anhedonia. The authors conclude that attention to ACC subregions is necessary to understand ketamine's effects. Next, we have a study in addiction research and theory titled, Which Substances Pose the Greatest Risk of Substance Use Disorder After Controlling for Polysubstance Use? A secondary analysis of data from the 2021 National Survey on Drug Use and Health found that heroin and methamphetamine had the highest risk for SUD. The lowest risk for SUD was use of hallucinogens and and inhalants. Alcohol and cannabis were the most frequently used substances and were associated with an intermediate risk of SUD. Our next study, Teen Drug Use Remains Below Pre-Pandemic Levels, is in Michigan News. The annual Monitoring the Future survey of 8th, 10th, and 12th graders found that overall reported use of illicit substances among teens has remained steady in 2023 compared to 2022 and is still below pre-pandemic levels. Alcohol use decreased for 12th graders and nicotine vaping decreased for 10th and 12th graders. Despite reported levels of use remaining below pre-COVID levels, Overdose deaths have continued to increase. A new study in the New England Journal of Medicine is titled Cannabis-Related Disorders and Toxic Effects. Genetic factors account for about half of the risk of developing cannabis use disorder, but frequency and duration of use are also significant risk factors, and potency is clearly linked to risk. The authors note recommendations to screen for cannabis use disorder in healthcare settings, with primary treatments being cognitive behavioral therapy, and motivational enhancement therapy, while the role of medications is primarily to treat symptoms of withdrawal. Next, we have a study in Substance Use and Addiction Journal, 
titled Recruiting and Retaining a Diverse and Skilled Addiction Treatment Workforce. The authors make eight recommendations to address the shortage of healthcare workers. Measures recommended include equitable hiring, providing supportive training, improving employee well-being, and promoting professional growth. The authors also support sustainable funding for addiction training for healthcare workers. Our final article in Physiology and Behavior is titled An Overlooked Relationship in Recovery from Substance Use Disorders, Associations Between Body Mass Index and Negative Emotional States. This study found that BMI was positively associated with stress, anxiety, and depression. Therefore, these findings suggest that decreasing the accumulation of body fat might contribute to improving mental health in individuals with SUD during recovery. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ACM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and ACM.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.